Take, yeah, go lay down in bed. Yeah. Try to make not much noise. Thank you. All right. <laughs> so my name is Bob. <laughs> I just Bob told her to shut up. You. She's still talking. <laughs> I'm excited though. I'm, I'm like, curious I'm about gonna, it. I can't help myself. I'm curious to see how this is gonna go. I love this. Okay, so the reason why I chose you specifically is because we have like a very similar story <laughs> of being dumb. I'm kidding. It's for real. <laughs> Dumb and naive. Like, we have very similar experiences with our exes. Really? We were talking about, remember? You went through a relationship, all of that. The trauma. The trauma. <laughs> yeah, we talked briefly that night, but yeah. um, we actually didn't get to go, like, super deep into deep it. Into because I, have a group, I had a good experience with my ex-husband, but I had an ex-boyfriend after. Okay. And that was terrible. Mm-hmm like completely abusive relationship and i even though i still had um healthy relationship to compare i still fell into the narcissist manipulative abusive ex that's a great point i know it's your podcast but i'm gonna ask you questions too because usually I, it's like this usually people know, ask me questions not the other way around. i love asking questions though. so what would you say to someone who's you're 26 right mm -hmm. and 29 what would you say to the 21, 20 year old who is maybe afraid of getting married? This is the whole thing, like, don't do it too young. Mm -hmm. blah, blah. Since you experienced it, the younger, the, the, the getting, getting married, getting married young. younger than usual, right? Even yeah. though there's really no age for it, in my opinion. What advice would you say to someone who has maybe that possibility close by? Like, there's someone in their lives, they're young, yada, yada. What advice would you give them to make sure they're making the right decision? I think the first thing is um, first listen to God because he has the best answers. Um, back then, I wasn't close to God, mm -hmm. so I just made a decision trusting okay. my feelings. But God had mercy on me, and the, actually, I was lucky enough to have a great marriage. Um, and a lot of people don't. Mm -hmm. I got married when I was 19. So it was a risk, but I think before any relationship talk to god and second listen to the older people uh that yeah they might be saying to you no don't do it now talk to god and seek to advise uh, from like a leader somebody that it's like i i know it's good to have a, uh take advice from parents amen but depends. i think it depends but that sometimes you need to a leader to back you up for the good or for the bad, like to actually give you a real advice because it's another perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, coming from parents, they give good advice, but the emotions can come. You know, the protective side. So um, I think somebody impartial, like a mm -hmm. leader, a church leader that you trust, your pastor, they can give you wisdom without having the feelings in there and just the wisdom of God. Amen. So I think search for leaders. Listen to your parents, of course, but get a leader involved, somebody else involved. And, like, I don't think it's, like, wrong getting married Mary early. Young? No, I think it's beautiful. I got married 19, and it wasn't supposed to happen but for that for more than it did. Mm -hmm. But I don't regret it. Like, I had so much good experiences from my marriage. I grew, like, so much as a person. Especially, like, it's just bringing a maturity of, like, you just have to put your needs kind of second. Yeah, when you're in a marriage, you're sacrificed. So, like, I had to learn to look at his needs and what he wanted in life, too, not just myself. 
because I was I was pretty selfish in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Are you the only child? No, I'm no. the oldest. You're the oldest. Yeah. Same girl. Like selfish in a way of like I always like things done my in my way. I'm very mm. particular of how I like to organize the house, for example, how I like to dress, how I like to do this and that. So having somebody else to invade my space and alter my routine, it was hard to handle. So I would have to be more patient. And obviously, yeah. like he had to learn a lot. Of, he learned a lot from me, and I learned a lot from him. Mm-hmm. I was the go-getter, pusher, do stuff, controller. Um, and he was super calm and peaceful. So we kind of bring the balance from each other to each other, you know. Okay. It's funny that you mentioned that because that's something that I'm thinking about constantly. Being single since I'm 22. That has mm-hmm. been seven years already. Yeah. And single, like completely single. I'm not saying like single and dating or single and like meeting guys single. I think the, the most recent one was somebody that I spoke to last year. And that was after seven years being completely single yeah and with that person it was just talking it never Mm -hmm. went to anything so i continue to be single right yeah and then i'm thinking you know when my friends will will talk about marriage i think that it's so weird it will be so weird for me like even to have a boyfriend to have somebody texting me and be like oh yeah you know i'm here with raw like i'll be there soon or you know like Mm -hmm. just updating someone and somebody like taking care of you and it's gonna be definitely like an adjustment it is for me and even in marriage, because I do want to get married. But I think, like you say, like, you know, being the eldest, taking care of myself since I'm so young, and all these things, and then having somebody who's supposed to be your leader. Yeah. Because that's a, that's a big point, right? We're supposed to be submissive. Uh, the representation of how Christ loves the church and, and vice versa, right? And then it's like having somebody come in. And I like guys who have a strong personality. I don't like calm people. Yeah. Again, not aggressive, not rude, not disrespectful. But has that, But a guy who's very goal-oriented, especially with the word of God. I like a guy who's bold. Has had authority, you know? Yes, who's not afraid of saying, like, this is what the Bible says. This is what you say, um, whether you like it or not. Man of God. Exactly. Like, a true man of God. Because we're in 2023, and it's tricky. It is tricky. It's tricky. But I can't wait. I can't wait to meet, like, my match in that in that aspect. Me too. I want because like we weren't a good match in that case, on that area. Because me too. Like I'm very controlling because I I, I kind of was, was taught to always be in control since mm-hmm. I was the eldest mm-hmm. too. So like a lot of things, I'm the one that is still in charge. Okay. Like my mom, she stills like reach outs to me to a bunch of stuff. So like. I'm the person who organized the trips, who buy the tickets, who yes, like girl. plan the things. That's so like daughter life. This is like this is comes with a package. So yeah. I was I grew up being like this. So when you step into a marriage and the guy doesn't have that authority, you know, that leadership, I just ha- I just had to keep doing that. Mm. So that was a problem, you know. And at some point, um, he would complain sometimes, like, you don't let me do things, but I'm like, you're just too slow. Like, you just, like, I just, like, have to take charge. So we would be in that fight of, you're not letting me be, but you're mm-hmm. not actually being, so I have to step up. So it was just, it was just not a good match. Like, it was not, like, 
something that I heard this morning, I was watching Pastor Rich say, it's not that you're bad, you're just not good for me. Exactly. He wasn't bad at all. Exactly. Like, he's a great person. Okay. But he wasn't that good for me. It's not the personality that I need in a man. Mm-hmm. That's why I fell for my second relationship when I started dating, because on the opposite side, he mm-hmm. was a very not in a bad way in the beginning controlling person like he would plan things he would take over he would be in charge he would like before i say things he would be planning and doing stuff okay so he would take the lead he would take the lead right away and i never took the first step in anything even on us getting serious or he meeting my mom or everything was him so i was like okay that was a big change so that was like attractive at that point. very attractive he's never had that and <laughs> i was like whoa that was like a really really good match and yeah. but at the, at the end he was he had those qualities but he was using for the bad so he was using that little by little to manipulate me to like force a lot of things and always put him like he was just like abusing his control and his power which that's the part where it gets tricky because for you to find a man with the balance of having the power but using wisely, it's hard because or the guy is like a banana or the guy is just like super strict and like abuse the power. Like mm. we just want the middle ground, you know, <laughs> don't abuse me, exactly. just like know how to lead. And people confuse that a lot. A thousand percent. And I think that like Jesus, right, because when I ask you what changed from you being the one who controlled everything to you lower your guard and then letting somebody treat you like that. Because when I talk about my relationship being abusive, a lot of people think like, oh, you know, he was just being immature. We were young. We started dating at 18 to 22, mm-hmm. 17 to 22, right? So mind you, I got saved at 17. But at the same time, the reality is that I got saved at 17, lost my virginity at 18 with him, right? So to me, in my mind, I grew up Catholic, so, you know, a lot of rules, a lot of regulations, a lot of religion, but I'm also very goal-oriented. I was the eldest daughter, right? So at my house, I was like, the one with good grades. My mom was a single mom, so help your mom, help your little sister, help this. I was very goal-oriented. So change that into being now a new believer who just committed fornication, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. When he started being like that, in my mind, I would tell God, like, I deserve this. Oh. You see what I mean? I deserve this and it's okay if this is happening, but I'm going to make it work. And the way that I'm going to make it work is that I'm going to get married to him, right? Mm-hmm. So that at least my sin comes up to something. Mm. You see what I mean? You see like the psychological playground the enemy was having in my mind. That and is then, crazy. And then imagine being newly converted, like newly saved. You're learning about generational curses, all these things, spiritual warfare, things I never heard before. And I'm seeing at my parents, right? They ran away when they were 18 and 19, super young. They had me at 23, which now being 29, that means that I will have a seven-year-old running around. That's crazy to me. Yeah. To think that my parents had me at that yeah. age. You see what I mean? When you mm-hmm. put it into perspective. So I would think about that and be like, I don't want to repeat the same story. Like, I want to be married to one man and no more and make it work and have my house and be different. And I didn't know that. I was going down the same path that my parents were in the same unhealthy, very toxic relationship. So when I look back, I see that what the enemy used, right, was my lack. And a lot of young girls, when you sit down and you talk to them, right, because I'm at church, I'm a 
have the blessing to be a youth leader, mostly about among like young adults, early 20s, all of that. You sit down with them and the majority that are in abusive relationships are fatherless. Fatherlessness is a big one. They didn't have a father figure. So you never had a man tell you, okay, this is disrespect. This is when a man is stepping on their boundaries. Yes. Even something as simple as you're beautiful, Valerie. Oh, Val, I'm sorry, you're beautiful. You see what I mean? Every day. And then some fulano comes into your life and tells you you're beautiful. And you're like, oh my God, you know, like I'm beautiful. So many little things that we don't notice. Yeah. And then we grow older with all this emptiness and voids inside of us. Yeah. And then you have somebody who's just as broken as you trying to fill the voids. And that's what happened to me. So again, when I talk about, you know, abusive, I mean, like my ex had some serious, now that I'm, a, I'm older, he had some serious like mental issues or something happened to him growing up or pain, anger, something that I pray God has dealt with by now. Because I'm telling you, it will be like we will be arguing in the car and he will go from zero to 100 miles an hour on the expressway. And he would tell me, either you shut up or I'm going to break this S, whatever. Like I'm going to crash it. Just so I wouldn't cry or I wouldn't argue or I wouldn't make a point of something that I didn't like. You see That's what I mean? Crazy. Or when he had the apartment, because he was very well off economically, right? So he mm -hmm. was mama's boy, all these things. So I would go to his apartment have an argument with him at night and he would kick me out of the out of the apartment at two three in the morning but he would do it because i knew he knew that i wouldn't go home to my parents at that to my mom at that time because my mom would be like what the heck are you doing here i was supposed to be sleeping over there which i shouldn't have been doing in the first place but i was over there so he knew that so he would lock me out of the room lock the door and leave me in the living room waiting freezing my pants up until the next day and the next day he would wake up and be like what are you doing here i told you to leave so you see like the magnitude of abuse that I'm talking about and think about that for about four or five years constantly. Yeah. So how that was breaking me mentally, spiritually, even physically. So that's when we broke up in 2017. I was like, okay, Lord, now I have the opportunity to do what I wanted to do in the first place, which is give you my marriage from the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't do it because I didn't know any better. I got saved and basically I was already attached to this person. Yeah. And a bunch of things. I was like, I need to sit down just with you for a while. And then for a while ended up being seven years. <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, I need you to tell me why did I put up with what I put up with? And a lot yeah. of girls don't do that. A lot of girls break up. And, and go after another one. No, either that or they go, it was his fault. He's yeah. abusive. He has the problem. He's toxic. He is whatever. You okay, but... You have to realize you like that. And not only did you like that, but you stayed in it for so long. So Yeah, you need to heal. Exactly. So I had to sit down with the Lord, look at myself in the mirror and be like, what's wrong with you, Maria Alejandra? Like, what the heck happened, right? Because mind you, my mind, I will never forget this day. One day I was with my girlfriends right at church, the same way that we're sitting here. And we were talking about wedding nights, mm -hmm. which we will get into the topic again, right? We're talking about wedding night and all of my girlfriends were like excited and they were like oh my goodness like i can't wait for my husband so to become one all this thing you know i was like shut down I was like, yeah you're like, trauma. I was like <laughs> yeah i was like the trauma girl i was i was like somebody touches me 
I'm an upper car here. You see what I mean? Like, cause I but then exactly, but I didn't know, even with my girlfriends who speak about the topic of lust, because women mm-hmm. deal also with that. You're sexual beings, you know, that means that your hormones are healthy. Praise God. One day your husband will come and you're going to have to use them. Right. But self-control until that man gets here. Right. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about that. And girl, I was, I always tell them, like, I don't deal with lust. And I wasn't lying. But I didn't understand that it wasn't because I was more spiritual because I wasn't. It's just that part of my brain was so traumatized yeah. from, from everything that I had like, experienced. I don't even want to experience that anymore. Exactly. Everything that I had experienced, even sexually speaking, you see, like, I have girlfriends of mine who are new believers now, but they say in the world, like, I knew I wasn't right. I knew I didn't do it at the right time. And I don't praise it. I mm-hmm. regret it. But I can lie and say like they were bad. horrible experiences because they yeah. weren't, right? And that's where the temptation of going back is. It because, happens. <laughs> yeah, because you know it's good. You see what I mean? And it's dying to you your flesh. You have a good experience. Exactly. But I didn't have that experience. So, so when we would talk about it, I would be like, my brain would be shut down. I didn't want to remember any experience sexually. I still don't. Yeah. That I had in the past. You see what I mean? So we were talking about it and I opened up. Mind you, these are my girlfriends since I'm 17. We are maybe, that was like three years ago. I was like 26, about to be 27. And I was just now opening up about everything that he would say and do, even in private, when he would tell me things like, oh, when I become this, when I become an engineer, that's when he was like, I will pay for your roof job and I will pay for this. And you, you can do this to your body. Like imagine as a girl hearing that constantly. You see what I mean? So like, Whoa. one of my friends, she looks at me and she goes like, you do know that was basically like a form of abuse, right? Yeah, sexual abuse, mental abuse, all of these things. And I was like, no, it's not. What do you mean? That was all I knew. So my yeah. mind was so used to it. Like, I don't, I praise the Lord, right? That I didn't go into a frenzy of sleeping around after that breakup. Mm-hmm. So even now, that's all that I know. Mm-hmm. You see what yeah. I mean? So I was like, no, it's not. And they were like, yes, there is. And I think that realization hit me like a truck. Because I remember going home and crying like for a week. Because yeah. that was literally a Holy Spirit moment because I needed deliverance from that. Yeah, you had a revelation because, like, exactly when you when you stay in an environment that is dysfunctional for so long, that becomes normal. Becomes normal. That's like all you have. Exactly. It's like yeah, it's not it. Like for you, it's normal. That's how exactly. I lived for the past five years. Five years, and you know, and when it comes talking to guys, like, and all I had basically, <laughs> and that that's all I had, right? So. When the Holy Spirit was like, that's what you have to deal with, it felt like he opened up a Pandora's box. And I started being flushed, like when I would pray at night with a bunch of memories of things that he said that he did, that they were completely shut down. And I remember having to sit down, write them down and be like, I forgive him for doing this and saying this. And Lord, I need you to heal me. Like, And that takes, that was painful and uncomfortable. It is. But it's deliverance. And I think that a lot of people, that's a subject that they don't talk about, the needing of being healed and delivered before you get to your husband. And that's Mm -hmm. such an amazing topic because listen to this. Okay, going back to before I go into a bunch of other stuff, right? So that moment I had to sit down with the Lord and be like, why did I put up with that? And then that became seven years of me healing. So I have a lot of girlfriends who or guy friends who are like, how come you're single? You know, like you're a woman of God. You love the Lord. You know, a lot of people who... And I remember telling them, like, if you knew what God had to heal me, heal me from, Oof, it takes you, time. you would have understood why. Because I always knew 
that I want a healthy, godly marriage. I have wanted it since I'm 17. I just didn't know how to get there yeah. because I never saw it. So I had to heal from fatherlessness. Then having a mom who had me too young, and even though I love my mom, and right now she's a woman of God, at that moment when everything was happening, she was very selfish and immature, speaking is like monetarily speaking. Mm-hmm. So that's what made me having to start working at 18, paying bills as a grown-up, moved out at 22, right? So now, so that made me very unhealthily independent. Yeah. So God had to heal me from that too, right? Then it was just, God just had to do, because the enemy attacked me from every angle possible with relationships that were supposed to protect me, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, because you see Kingdom Come, which is the community that I have now, it's about community and people and friendships and unity. So God had to heal me from, because imagine me being bitter. He's like, oh, my family didn't care about me, and whatever, then why are you going to care about me? And that's the way that we think sometimes when we're hurt by people who are meant supposed to take care of us yeah you see what i mean so it's been a beautiful journey i'm happy i'm grateful that i did the healing journey and if there's somebody watching here that they went through abuse sexual abuse mental abuse whatever it is it's okay there are way more people in the church male and females that go through that than you can imagine they way just more. they just don't speak about it which i don't understand why yeah like I, I think when it's about anything related to sex, there's still a big taboo on church. And I encounter a few people that I met in life in church that still refuse to talk about it because they always attach sex to lust. And that's mm. a huge mistake. Huge, yeah. Lust and sex, they don't go together. You can, like, it's lust is like something we have to see separately as sex. Sex is not supposed to be just attached to bad things and lust and fornication and all of that. No, sex, it's something that came from God. Sacred. But everything, one thing that I, I, I mentioned already in the podcast, the devil cannot create a thing, but he twisted. So he cannot create something out of nowhere, but he's going to grab things coming from God and uh-huh. turn into a sin. Yep. And that happens through lust. Lust is a tool that the enemy uses to bring sex to become a sin. Exactly. So sex, it's something that we should talk about with people. We should talk about with youngers um, in their res- like level of they can understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a subject that people should approach on church, not just to marry couples, not to just people that are already married, like how you're going to protect young girls and boys from an abusive relationship, if you don't teach them what is good and what is not, like you don't have to talk about sex only with people who already have sex. Exactly. You have to clarify before they do it Mm -hmm. because they're going to have that mind of why I shouldn't do it. Exactly. Because one of the mistakes is you shouldn't have sex. Okay, but why? And parents usually cut it right there. No, you just shouldn't have sex. Or church. No, that's it period okay but can you please explain me why it shouldn't mm-hmm. exactly and then you explain because i knew that if i had that conversation well, my mom was pretty open about sex but about the whys of not doing it why it wasn't healthy i know that would be a really good help of me choosing to maybe wait and like you need to give information because the enemy attacks when you don't have information. That's the perfect spot for the enemy to attack. Yeah, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Yeah. Right? 
So like if, if people don't know about sexuality, what is a healthy sexuality in the eyes of God, mm-hmm. how they're going to like, they're not just going to obey because you told me I'm not going to do it. Amen. Like, like, tell me why. Explain exactly. why. Go to the word of God. So that's yeah. something for like everybody and parents and pastors and leaders. Like you should talk about sex. It's not a, a bad thing. Um, yeah. No, it's going to prevent people to fall into lust if they know what sex mm-hmm. is. The purpose of sex, exactly. why you should do it, and why you should do it only in, like, inside of a covenant and not outside of it. Amen. That will prevent so much abusive relationships. A thousand percent, and even the spiritual side of it, right? Because I believe mm-hmm. that a lot of people, like you said, it's just very religious. Like, don't do it. Oh, but why? Oh, because you're gonna go to hell, and God doesn't like it. And that's it's like, not no, an no. answer. God loves you. Jesus came and died on the cross for you to be able to cut generational things. And you opening that door is basically you destroying what Jesus did in your own life. Not because he's going to lose power. No. Jesus' sacrifice will always remain the most powerful thing, right? But you are being basically, you're becoming a playground for the enemy. Because it's like you're opening the door and the enemy is coming in and then it's destroying everything. And that has been one of the main reasons why I I have kept my purity in a sense. Because that's the thing. Purity, it's not linked with sexual immorality because there are a lot of virgin i have a friend of mine who's a virgin um that's her testimony but she's already 31 she's about to be 32 mm-hmm. waiting for her husband and she has an amazing ministry called single and loving him but before she had it right she was saying how even though she was younger she was a virgin but she was still dealing with a lot of immorality yeah because you have people who are virgins but they struggle with pornography addiction they struggle with unhealthy very dark thoughts Mm -hmm. and that's what people don't understand that purity is purity of the mind what you say what you think how you act your feelings yeah that is that's purity that's not virginity it's two different things exactly (laughs) if not then it's just being religious right because i'm not a virgin but i can assure you that i have gotten so close to the lord in this past seven years that i even told him which every girl and guy should do that i remember telling him i want you to get to my thoughts and feelings to such a level that I act as if my husband is already here. Yeah. Because during singleness, we are married to Jesus. He's your, he's your first husband, yeah, right? He's your first and husband. then I always, I remember praying, like, I don't want to get to the point where my husband gets here. And then I have to learn how to keep my thoughts no. clean and not look at other guys with lust and not like watch certain things. You have to be realistic with yourself. When you watch certain TV shows, what are you thinking about? Yeah. Why do people who are really serious with why don't they listen to worldly music? Listen to what you listen to what you're listening to. Yeah. And that happens, that happens to everybody. Like I love dancing. I'm Colombian, you're Brazilian. Like we come from that, you know what I mean? Like we you, love you play about bunny and I can't help but like I can't help Where'd it. I hear? <laughs> but the reality is that I have to be wise enough to know turn that off. Because I don't want to put myself in a situation where my mind is going to be in trouble. Yeah, I'm going to be opening a door for something. Exactly. And there are other people who are like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at the level where that doesn't affect me. Stop being a fool. You see what I mean? Like those who say that are not going to fall are the ones who should be the most careful. Yeah. Because we need to be realistic. We yeah. are human. We are girls. We have hormones. Guys are good looking. Like. Train your eyes. You're in Miami. There's beach everywhere. (laughs) Exactly. You know, it's you just have to be realistic and understand that God is protecting you spiritually. 
See, like what kept me for seven years being able to work in my purity is that I want to have a healthy marriage. I want my kids to grow up in a house where they don't see lack. They don't see their parents fighting. They don't see hypocrisy, right? Like one thing in the church, one thing at home. Mm -hmm. I want them to be able to have what I didn't have, especially spiritually. Yes. To grow, grow up in the confidence of who they are in Christ and in the confidence of God loves me. I have mm-hmm. a purpose. I have a calling to wait for their husbands or their wives, you know, like correctly. Maybe would, ha- would I have been married right now if I didn't go and do whatever? Maybe. And I have to be okay with that because sometimes we delay our own process. Yes. But we blame God. So it is worth it. You know, if there's anybody watching this and you need to go through that process. Just understand that if you want something beautiful in the future, you have to sacrifice. Sacrifice. But go through the uncomfortable process right now. Yeah, you need to. And when you're talking about Heidi, like one thing that you mentioned that I saw a lot of in church, especially because I came from a conservative church, mm-hmm. is the fact that they think that marriage fixes everything. Because when you're the guy, you mentioned Girl. like. I heard that more than I can count coming from wow. people from church and and the old church that I was that people think that marriage is the answer for lust or for fornication. Everything that you're going through right now as a single or as a dating is going to get worse during marriage. Yes. Everything that you have right now, it's going to get amplified when mm-hmm. you're married. Mm-hmm. When you're married. Because your lustful behaviors, they're not going to sees when you're married come on no like that's not the answer you're just joined two lives in one so if you if you guys are awful mm-hmm. separate think about it when it's together it's like a deadly combo exactly so marriage it's not the answer for for your, your fornication oh my god i slept with my boyfriend or oh, i'm self-conscious yeah don't sleep anymore or pray to God, talk to a leader or something, but don't rush into marriage to trying to get it right in the eyes of church or your leader or your family. You're going to put yourself into a situation of you're going to be locked in there. Exactly. You're, do- you're inside of a covenant at this point, a good exactly. or a bad one. Exactly. You're inside there. So no, the answer is not getting married. If you're suffering with um, any type of um, lustful thoughts or actions mm-hmm. or in a relationship when you're doing things that are not in the right way, marriage is something that you have to kind of run a little bit from and get yourself yes. fixed first and get yourself healed because for, to have a healthy relationship, you need two healthy persons. A thousand percent. So don't rush into marriage first and foremost. I run into marriage I didn't rush into, I, we just really wanted to live together. And so we wanted to do it the right way. And I was like, you know what? If we're going to live together, I love you. You love me. We want to move in together so badly. Let's get married. Because I was kind of like on and off, but that was still something that I wouldn't feel comfortable about doing, living mm-hmm. with somebody else without a marriage. So we, we, we got married. It was amazing. I had a, a great experience with my marriage, but... It shouldn't be a response. It shouldn't be a band-aid. Marriage is not a band-aid for anything. Or rushing into anything else. Or rushing into a relationship you're further lonely. It's another type of patch that people use a lot. I, when I got into this relationship, I was already like, I was in a, I was 
I was almost done with my healing process for my husband because I did the healing process while I was married. I was already grieving mm. my relationship during my marriage. Wow. So when I asked for the divorce, I was already like done. Done. I was like, I don't feel a thing for you anymore. Like, let's just, and that's how a lot of people, women do. Women usually grieve during their relationship. Mm -hmm. Yes. So when I got into this relationship, I was kind of, I was basically healed from my previous uh, relationship, my marriage. But even though I was like in a really good place with my mind, I knew what I wanted. I wasn't having so many like trauma responses. Like I was in a good place. Mm -hmm. I still got myself into this relationship. And the reason why it took me less than two months to break up with the guy. I know that the only reason why I broke up so fast was because I I was already pretty healed from my divorce. Wow. Because I knew, I know that if I was rushed into that relationship after the divorce, I would still be there probably. Probably. The only reason why I looked at him at the first time that he pulled up some crap Mm -hmm. and I was like, you know what? I'm done. I had a marriage. I'm not used to being treated like this. So you buy. I only did this because I was pretty healed. Because if not, I knew that I would be, I would still be there because it was pretty compelling. Exactly. You wouldn't know anything better than that. No. So like we have, we've been through uh, harsh relationships, but I, that's for you to see the difference between when you don't know better and when that's how you know. Like I had the marriage to back me up. I had a healing process. I was going through therapy. I had a big support system mm-hmm. there to help me to see like my therapist like this man is not good for you so wow. i had people telling me like you know maybe check it on that um wow. and when you don't have i had none of that when you don't have <laughs> this is what happens and majority of the time is this situation and not this not that which is a blessing which is a blessing and yeah. like that's why it's important to talk it's uncomfortable to get here and be like you know guys I did this for five years of my life and I'm in church because a lot of people don't like to talk about their mistakes they in the don't, past. They don't. they don't like to expose themselves. But that is the beauty of Jesus. You know what I mean? Because when people, it's like, I don't know how to explain it. The, the point that I'm at right now, and I, again, I'm 29. I'll be 30 October 2nd, God willing. And God willing. And um, I'm in such a good place. And I have been in such a good place. You know, the first two years were rough because, again, you're used to someone you're used to be to someone, even in the ugly of it. So it's not even to say that, oh, you only miss, you know, the good moments. No, you, sadly, you miss the bad ones because that's all you know. But again, being in that situation where, again, I was I moved out of 22, so I was living alone, working a lot, going through a lot of things like the pandemic hit, all of that. So it was in a healing. God literally took me in a, in a moment where it's like, you can even run away. Like, right. you're going to deal with this. But he did it in a way that after I, I went through the the ugly heel, mm-hmm. I was so amazed at the peace, the joy, the self-esteem, so the confidence, everything that I had that I was like, wow, Lord, I could have had this years ago, but I didn't know any better. Yeah. So what I did was hold on to it and go so deep into my healing. Mind you, not only that, but part of my testimony is that after that breakup, I had a moment where I went into like tarot, um astrology reading very like occultism all of those things so that's for another day but that's another subject but god was dealing with me through all of that you see what i mean so 
it was a very gruesome process, but it was beautiful. Because that's is. what taught me spiritual warfare, healing, you know, fasting, consecration, everything. And now I get to sit down and use my testimony with girls who are 20, 21, even younger, that I remember seeing them and being like, that was me. Yeah. So you see what I mean? So I, I am blessed to be able to say that I, God has used that testimony for me to be able to help the community and help the kingdom. Like mm-hmm. we are one body. You see, we're not. The Bible says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. And that exactly. not only means like physical, that, only, that means mostly spiritually speaking. It is. There's a deliverance that takes place when you release that. Whatever, you, it doesn't have a hold on you anymore. You see what I mean? So you bring it to the light. Exactly. So I get to have my testimony, help my sisters and brothers in Christ. And then I'm so, so healed to a point where like, I'm just waiting for my husband. Yeah. And I'm blessed to say that when he gets here, homeboy doesn't have to worry about <laughs> no ex drama, no ex, like, no, again, ooh, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Girls and boys, make sure the person you're picking is over their trauma, which not looking down on them. We're telling you everything we've been through, but we have made sure that our healing process has taken place, right? Because yeah. when my husband gets here, again, he doesn't have to worry about me crying at night from an, the one that got away. Yeah. The ex that what happened was, what could have happened, no. no. He doesn't have to worry about nobody talking about like, like, oh yeah, I don't know, like um, I saw her two months ago with this guy. Absolutely There's no nothing. baggage. There's testimony in there only. Exactly. So it's like, I'm waiting for the person to come. Okay, you're ready? Yes, I'm ready. Like, let's go because marriage is ministry. And a, and a lot of women don't understand that. A lot of, like you said, a lot of girls are like, I'm just waiting for marriage, waiting for my guy because he's the one who's called. And he, like, if God was like, oh, he's the one who's called, he's a girl, you have purpose and you have, you have a whole calling, purpose, reason for being born all on your own. And then that's what the Bible says that we're the perfect help. But, girl, what, why are you helping? You see what I mean? Like, if, if homeboy comes along, you're supposed to be, mind you, I, I saw, um, teaching by Pastor Jerry Flowers, which if you guys haven't watched him, go ahead, he's amazing. And he was saying how as women, you know, when a man comes along, it's like a man comes and he is the company. You see what I mean? Like he's the company, he has his own building, blah, blah, blah. And then you are somebody who's investing. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to be looking at this guy as in, is this guy worthy of me investing in him? Yeah. Because when once you say I do, then you become part of that company mm-hmm. and you're supposed to come in and make it a thousand times better, both of you all together. But then you have to analyze what am I getting myself attached legally and spiritually speaking to? Yeah. What is he doing? People what is his understand. mission? What is his purpose? Does he know, does he know where he's going? What, and then the only way you're going to know if you're a good match for that person is if you know what you're called to do. Cause I know I'm not called for missions. God didn't call me to be a missionary. God called yeah. me to work in the community. God called me to do ministry. That's so important. In my community and the young adults, you see what I mean? And 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 to do so many other things. That I know that if a guy comes in and he's like, I'm a missionary and I'm sent. God told me to go to Africa for the next three years and he told me you were my wife. I'll be like, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, you he... stop. You guys stop using that line. Yeah, I think we're not buying it. <laughs> I think, who told you? Because the guy told you, he's gonna tell me. It's not. I, I don't think we're listening to the same voice all day. Exactly. But imagine a girl who has no idea that the Lord has called her maybe to I don't know be a teacher because I also do special needs, right? Like teaching is something that I'm passionate about. That 
it's beautiful to me. So imagine somebody to come and be like, I'm living to Africa for the next three years. I'll be like, okay, peace, drop everything that the Lord is allowing me to do right now to go after a guy just because I'm desperate for marriage. Yeah. You cannot do that. You need to figure out who you are, what you're called to do, yeah. what's your purpose, so that you can know whose perfect help you are. Yeah. I, I had a podcast in Portuguese on Instagram that I was talking about um, kind of like the same subject. And the first thing that you should focus as a single person mm -hmm. is to literally find yourself. And our identity, we find we're in Christ. Amen. Our identity, we find in Him. So you need to figure it out yourself. You cannot wait to somebody else figure it out yourself for you in a way that you're going to find that missing part. I'm sorry, but this missing part thing. Mm -hmm. be careful with that because you're not missing anything Amen. like god wants you to find you to find by yourself the fullness that he has prepared for you like you have to figure out by yourself that all you need is christ yes. and then you're gonna both gonna serve this journey towards the same place together so you're you don't have a missing piece girl you don't need to go out there trying to find somebody to complete you to feel whole That's one of the reasons why you're single because it's still gonna figure it out that the one that makes you whole, it's up there, it's not here. Um, and that's something that God had to teach me. Like last year, I was in a hurry to find somebody to complete me because I felt so like I was lacking something. Mm -hmm. And then it's, it's, it, it was the, the thing that who kind of trapped me in the first place with this guy because I was, I was healed, I was, I was okay like about the traumas and all of that. But I still didn't figure it out that part of everything that I needed is in Jesus. Like I was still have, I still had the mentality of, I need to find somebody else to complete me. Like my soulmate, all of those things that we learn when we're kids, those fairy tales. And I was like, you know what? So I need to find a missing piece. And I went to that. And then after they didn't work out, I went to partying and, um, I ended up hooking up with a bunch of people because my weak spot, I'll contrary of you, I had a great experiences out there, mm. sex-wise. Not that it was good for me, but they felt good. Yeah. So um, they filled a void at that moment. That, that, that was the thing that I was using to fill my void because um, the enemy knew it was my weak spot. So do you really think that I grabbed bad guys around there? No. So I, I reached the point of going through their life and that cycle of like going around and partying and stuff like that, that I started reaching a point that my flesh was being fulfilled but my spirit is being drained. So I reached the point of after I get home, I was alone and I was just crying, feeling an emptiness that I couldn't explain you. Yeah. And then I reached that rock bottom that I was like, Lord, I don't know. I'm trying everything. I have no friends. I was left with no friends. I didn't want to, I didn't want to see guys anymore because I was just like, it's not working. Like I'm having my heart broken mm -hmm. and I believe that I wouldn't get attached to guys, but you get attached to people when you sleep with them. Yeah. And there's something called soul tie that is really harsh mm -hmm. and uh, all of that happens and God uses everything that we go through mm -hmm. for the good. This mm -hmm. is one of the greatest things that God can do. He uses our bad past and bad things that we went through for good so he uses that to show me you just need me and i stumbled to a message talking about that mm. and i was like i think that was for me 
And the Holy Spirit started speaking to me. And then I made a vow to God that as soon as I was about to move to this place, and I was like, as soon as I move to this place, I'm not going to allow myself to commit the same mistakes because mm-hmm. I know that blessing is coming from you. Mm-hmm. And I want to like value that. I don't want to take it for granted. Mm-hmm. So I had a shift in my life. I'm like, I'm not sleeping around anymore. And I'm not going to go after men anymore. I'm going to start taking care of myself because there's so many things that I didn't know about myself. And now I'm figuring it out. And like, it's been such a good journey that I'm figuring out what I like in a man, what I don't. I figured out how I behave. Like, I was so stuck in like my family. Uh Like, I was stuck in my family's house, my mother's house, and then my dad's house. And then I got married, and then I came back to my mother's house. I never had an experience of being by myself. This is, yes, last year was last year. I had a roommate, which was awful, but. This year basically is the first year that I'm living alone, 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 and I have nobody, and I'm figuring out myself. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know me mm-hmm. in the first place. How I wanted to somebody to bring me happiness. Exactly. Like, there's no, nobody's responsible for happiness first. Um, but I didn't even know myself. How do I expect somebody to know me and please me? So, like, one thing, everything that I said to point out to one thing, identity. You need yep. to figure out your identity to know first how you're going to put boundaries if you don't even know what you like or what you don't like. How you're going to put boundaries if you don't even recognize how much self-worth you have. Mm-hmm. How are you going to put boundaries if you don't even know how much you're worth? Mm-hmm. Like how you're going to say, okay, this is not good for me if you don't even know how amazing you are. Like God didn't even have the opportunity to show you how precious you are and you're just taking anything that people are giving you. Exactly. There is no way you're going to be able to put a limit on people if you don't know that you're worthy because your case and my case, we had something in common was we didn't feel worthy at all of having those things. Mm -hmm. So we accept that we think we deserve. A thousand percent. So this process of healing and knowing yourself in Christ and discover your purpose, what is your calling, your identity, and what area God wants to use is you. That's why you're single. God uses singleness to literally show you who you are. So you're prepared to join your life to another person. Like, why, why you're rushing for marriage? And singleness is such a beautiful thing. Again, like I've said it like three times, right? But I'm about to be 30. And I cannot tell you how many times people have asked me like so yes. what like when are you gonna get married your biological clock is ticking like come on maria Mind go out business. have friends i'm like i know enough people and not only that but i have peace in my heart that imagine you like one day because again we go through those, these moments when i'm like lord like are they right i'm about to be 30 like what the heck is going on yeah and the holy spirit one time he had to tell me like you do understand that you doubting me and my perfect timing is like basically telling him that he's wrong. When you're telling God, like, yes. you, you're taking too long. God is looking at you like, do you think you know better than me? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> do you know who you're talking to? Like, you see what I mean? So a lot of people, like, I have peace in my heart that I have done my part. You see what I mean? And that's the only thing you need to worry about. For God to heal you is like when Jesus asked, I don't know exactly where in the Bible, but when he asked the person, do you want to be made well? Mm-hmm. because a lot of times Jesus is right there the sacrifice he had to do he already did it there ain't no sacrifice that he has to do anymore 
the blood of Jesus is the answer for everything. But do you want to take that? You see, like, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made well? Because for us to heal and get to this point, we had to look at everything we liked, even what we liked, even what was good, even what was painful, even if it was everything we know, and be like, Jesus, that's not good anymore. That's not what we want anymore. And then go ahead and search for something new. Even if you don't know what that new is. Yeah. Like, you have to have peace in your heart that God's, God knows better. So to my girls out there who are 29, 30, 31, you're not left behind. No. You're not, if anything, I'm so sure that when my husband comes in, whatever ministry I'm going to have with him is going to be so powerful because I know where I have with God. Yeah. And I know where my heart is. And I know the vision God has given me. And I know he's going to have to have something similar because he's not going to be my leader if he's not in that same community yeah. aspect and, you know, like empowering the community, all those, those things. So I'm excited for him to come in and be like, okay, what are we going to do together? Because that's the beauty about marriage. It's not for y'all. Marriage is not for you to have sex and be happy and then be able to be like, I finally, I can do it whenever I want. It's for the kingdom. God wants to do something between two of you that both of you guys cannot do about, by yourselves. Yeah. So that's where you have to put your mind into, like, first of all, who you are in Christ, what God has called you to do, and be so, be so happy and content in that, just serving God, that when somebody comes in, you're ready to be like, okay, let's go. You know, like, let's just work together. Yeah. And when it comes to guys, girls, make sure that the same healing you have, he also did it. Yes. Because there's way too many girls, oh, I healed him. Oh, he just broke out with the ex not long ago. Okay, stop with that thing of, oh, no, I can I can fix him. You're yeah. not a fixer. No, no, you're not. You know, see, there's something, again, Pastor Jerry Flowers, listen to this. He was saying how there's so many men in the church, women too, but we're talking about men right now. Men in the church who never went through deliverance, spiritually speaking, have never sat down with the Lord and be like, okay, Lord, I have these experiences with strippers, with girls who were crazy in the world, who do it like this, like that, up, down, every color, every way. Mm -hmm. And then you never have the understanding that God never intended sex to be that way. Yeah. It's like you want a woman of God, but she has to look like a body who's almost naked all the time with, you see what I mean? It's like you want the woman of God, but you want her to look like the world and to act like the world. That's that, not going to happen. Oh, yeah. I'm, I think you told me that. Like, yeah, I want like, you to be like a saint. <laughs> exactly. Like there are certain things that have to be pulled out of men, sexually speaking, you mm-hmm. know, what, what they're attracted to, all of that. For him to be a man that's going to fully value you and honor you even sexually speaking, the way that God wants him to do. Yeah. And not because he's less than you. Mind you, if we didn't go through a healing, we probably would have been the same. You meet girls who like the toxicals. And it's like, oh, my God, I just like him to, like, talk to me this way and sexually speaking, do this and do that. And I'm being very, like, PG-13 here. But when you sit down with girls who literally, they just come out of Sunday service and they have a brunch and they're talking about sexual stuff or whatever, you realize, like, dang, a man of God is not going to treat you like that. He's not. Because it's like you want a pornography movie to happen in your bedroom when you're meant to be treated like. That's what, that's not when you're healed from your traumas. Exactly. So it counts for men and it counts for women. So since we're women, when you sit down with the guy, be open with those questions. Like, when was your last relationship? Have you been through healing? Like, 
when yes, you, what do you go please, through do that because like men by nature and society not nature by society mm-hmm. they've been more open and allowed to experience sex without having that guilt exactly so even men in church they had way more sexual experience than women and they're not that like people don't go hard on them if they already had sex like yeah they're men or if they masturbate or they watch pornography or something because they're men mm-hmm. so when you're re- having a relationship with a partner or looking for a partner you have to ask about the healing because like a lot of men they don't think they need deliverance they don't think they need to change anything they're like oh i'm good bro i i, I don't do those things yeah you do yes, sometimes you do. more than women because you grew up seeing this as normal for us exactly. it's still a taboo doing those yeah, because still so for women we grew up knowing that Sex outside marriage is bad. Masturbating is bad. Porn mm-hmm. is bad because you're a lady. Like, you shouldn't do that. So, exactly. we already have that kind of hope that. But, man, no, you go do that. A lot, of parents, a lot of dads, they're like, yeah, do. Like, you have to because you have they to They take man. them. In our countries, they take them to, like, bordels. And yeah. Like that. So, 16, like, 17 for them to lose their virginity. So, that's why men, they need healing. A lot of it. It's not only girls. Yep. Because... First, so they don't become the abusers. Because I know there's a lot of guys who, they, they, they're in the place of being abused too. I know a mm-hmm. bunch of guys who were, but also the place of being the abuser. Like you have to have the deliverance, the healing, and um, for you to be in a marriage, both of you have to be healthy. A thousand percent. And so we can just like wrap it up is just like have this moment with the Lord. If you didn't have the season of focusing on you and the Lord, you're very far. Trust me, you're very, if, you're very far to get your man, your man or your wife, because you need to go through the season if you want to get married one day. Yeah. If you have a partner, it's a season that it's needed. And instead of looking as a burden, it's literally God saying, "This is the season I'm gonna show you who you are and everything that I have planned season. for you." Like it's the most exciting season of your life. Mm-hmm. You're gonna miss this. Trust me. <laughs> Yes, and to close, like Val was saying, I remember one day I was talking to one of my my girlfriends, right? She's a woman of God. She's a great one. And I remember telling her, like, what the heck? You know, we have been in this walk for a long time. We're not married yet. And I see girls who get saved three months later. They have a boo and they're married. Like, what's up with that? And this is my honest question, right? This is very real. And I remember she was telling me, be careful what you wish for. Not saying that every one of those women are in bad relationships, yeah, but they didn't take the time to heal, to get delivered, to basically unpack everything that all of us come to Jesus with. Yeah, and then she was telling me, You have no idea what those marriages are battling behind closed doors. Oh, yeah, because if the healing process in itself is already difficult, alone, single, just you and the Lord. Imagine adding somebody else to that mix that you have to honor and respect and keep your marriage while the Lord is taking you through that healing and that it's going to be a thousand more times, a thousand times more difficult. So if you have the possibility to do it before that person comes, a thousand percent, do it. You have no reason. And even if your marriage is not even in your mind, why wouldn't you want to be healthier? Why wouldn't you want to be more confident? Why wouldn't you want to know what you have be called to do and again being called to do doesn't mean ministry a lot of people think that it's like oh i'm not called for church i don't want to be a pastor yeah okay great neither do i neither does well but i know i'm called for community and i know 
you can have a the lore needs people everywhere if you're a lawyer a doctor a fashion a marketing a, it can use uh, you a designer anywhere anything you see what i mean there to there's ministry is your life your daily life should be a ministry when you walk out and people see you separate. the way you act when you're mad the way how you don't lose your cool the way you don't gossip about people people will see jesus in you that's supposed to be your ministry it's a daily mm -hmm. walk with the lord yeah it doesn't mean church so find that out heal there's absolutely nothing you will regret and then when that person comes you will be able to do it a thousand times better than you would have if you never healed yeah like who i am today i look back at that 17 18 19 year old girl and i'm like i wish she didn't go through that and i wouldn't go through it again but at the same time i almost wouldn't take it away because i feel like i wouldn't be this maria you yeah. see what i mean yeah like no regrets never regret a single thing in your life like yeah. If you, and no shame either. It's pointless. No shame. Because like when you're talking about relationship and how you see yourself as not deserving a good one while they're there, shame, guilt, and regret, it's something that the enemy uses to keep you in that cycle. Yep. So it, trust me, regret is very different than, um, what's shame. the word? Oh my Lord. Repentance. Yes. It's very different. Repentance, we're going to talk about that mm -hmm. in another podcast, but repentance is different than regret and guilt and shame. Very different. Every time that you feel guilty or shamed or feel that, that, that like you just want to like go under your bed and just like hide, that's not coming from the Lord. And that's the time, the perfect timing for you to go back. So if you're going through this season of you're in a toxic relationship or you're single, you're going through something, you're going through abuse, you're just like recovering, just go to the Lord. He has the answers for everything. Don't let the shame and the guilt just keep you away from God because this is how the enemy uses mm -hmm. things to keep you away from, from God. Because God is not going to be like, he, 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 he's fair, he judges, but he's not going to shame you for what you did exactly. ever. He's going to correct you. But he's never going to throw that in your face and be like, haha, this is what you did now. Like, no, this is the enemy. So just seek God. And if you ever need anything, a prayer, a message, or talk to somebody, I'm going to put our social media here. The podcast social media, you can send a DM. You can talk to us. Yeah. We send prayer requests. I had a few prayer requests on the podcast. So like you can send to us. We'll pray for you. This is not, this is just a chat between friends, but it's also mm -hmm. to be a safe space if you want to talk. Like, there's no judgment here. Mm -hmm. And talk to your leaders, like Val was saying, speak up. The devil is hoping and praying. He doesn't pray, but you know, you know <laughs> he's what I hoping. Mean? He's hoping that you don't speak and he's hoping that you stay quiet, shameful for as long as you can take it. And isolated. So again, confess your sins to one another. Take that leader, that youth pastor, that whoever it is, and just talk about it and you'll see how God will start working even with that with just you speaking yes